0: Doing Design podcast on This Is HCD, hosted by the world's best live design and innovation trainers at thisisdoing.com. The Doing Design podcast focuses on all the behind-the-scenes things related to actually doing innovation and in design within organisations, such as design research, facilitation, prototyping, visualisation, and it's a great sounding board for industries like service design, user experience design, content design, and product management. Now, in this episode, you'll hear from myself and Mark Stickdorn, author of This is Service Design Thinking and This is Service Design Doing and as a trainer at This is Doing. We chat about how almost all projects in an organisation impact customer experience and employee experience and we speak about how to get an overview of all those projects going on across the different teams and sometimes the different departments that impact those experiences. We dive into the backstory of Journey Map Operations. Mark's new approach using Journey Maps as a visual management tool. Something that I believe is an amazing framework and an amazing improvement that can really, really help organizations and teams move the dial. I love chatting with Mark, and as we mentioned at the top of this episode, he's been on the podcast now four times on This Is Hate should I say. But the good news is, with the Doing Design podcast, you'll hear much more from Mark in an ongoing basis, chatting more around the complexities of doing design. Let's get into it. Mark Stickdorn, how is it going? Very good, thank you. How are you? Great. This is such a new podcast. I haven't started a new <laughs> podcast in quite a while. Doing Design.
1: Yeah. And it's good to be back.
0: It's Yeah. This is you're you're um officially on this is H C D. It's either your fourth or fifth time you're part of the furniture.
1: <laughs> I think it's getting very boring to all listeners to to just listen to me. I not really
0: the last time you were on, we did speak it was over in Toronto when <laughs> right. we spoke
1: about journey mapping ops,
0: and we're going to be speaking more about that today because from that there's been lots of updates. Obviously we formed this is doing business where we're all involved and everyone is on the Doing Design podcast as part of this is doing. But journey mapping ops, let's start off, Mark. We'll, we'll probably take an easier question to before I start roasting you.
1: Yeah, please, um, go ahead.
0: What is a journey map? Imagine you were telling it to your little girl.
1: <laughs> uh, she, I, I bet she's not interested in that. But So <laughs> what, what is a journey map? I like to compare a journey map to maps in geography. A journey map tells you, the experience of a person. And just like a comic strip or a movie tells you the story of the main actor as a sequence of scenes, a journey map tells you the story of your main actor, your persona, your user, your customer, your employee, your citizen, whatever you focus on as a sequence of scenes. And just like a map in geography, you can zoom in or zoom out. So you can zoom out to take a big picture. You don't see a lot of details, but you understand like the continent can zoom into a country, zoom into a city. And the more you zoom in, the more details you see.
0: Yeah, like flight levels. I know like in Agile, they talk about flight levels. It's, it's a very similar metaphor or framework.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And for me, it was, I remember years ago when I first reached out to yourself and, and a couple of the others, I was having complex problems working in government. And I remember I found solace in the Smaply tool. Because it allowed me to at that stage basically, I was hard coding links. I was like, oh, that <laughs> I mean, the the interactions, and this is more the the ecosystem stuff that was happening. And I, I guess that was my whole kind of understanding, like the Eames reference of power of ten. Where did this journey map ops originate for you, and what need did you see it it fill within an organization?
1: Yeah. I'm- Maybe before I go into that, I explain uh, a misconception about journey maps. Because when we talk about journey maps, and and particularly in in service design and design, people often think about something different. And I learned it makes sense to clarify three different use cases of journey maps. And that really helps you in your conversation. So for me, there are three different use cases. The first one is a journey map as a workshop map. The second one as a project map. The third one as a management map. So workshop map means it's a map you use within a workshop setting. Often that's a co-creative workshop where you invite maybe real customers or employees, frontline staff, anyone who has uh, good knowledge about the group of people that you want to map, and you co-create this map together. It's basically research. So Mm co-creative workshop to create a map is a research method. But these maps often don't survive the workshop. You take a few bits out of it, a few nuggets of data, maybe even some insights, but that's it. You document it and you leave it. The second kind of maps are the project maps, and these are the maps that you use within a project that you constantly update, that really act as a boundary object for a project team. Often start like assumption-based, you use it then to fill it up with your data, develop it into a research-based journey. Start with current state and then spin off different future states mm. for different scenarios where you want to go. These are yeah. project maps. The yeah. third kind are then the management maps. And that is the kind of maps I'll be talking about when I talk about journey map ops. And management maps are maps that survive a project that you use over multiple projects that you keep up to date that are living um, documents within an organization. I just want to put that out before I talk about yeah. it. That's what I talk about today.
0: I have never really compartmentalized it like that. But when you say it, it all makes sense. Like a lot of the stuff you say, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I've actually used m- mapping as a research probe a lot in my career. And it was one of the pieces that you're talking about, probably more in the workshop format, where I would use, you know, stakeholders that go one-on-one and I'd show them what my current state and my assumptions and use that as a probe in research. And it, it works really nicely. But I remember when you first presented Journey Map Ops to me, probably about a year and a half ago, I was like, ah, because I could see a huge need in organizations, especially complex organizations, where it's moving all the time. And it's very hard for stakeholders and leadership to get down mm-hmm. into the weeds and to see that the decisions they make at a higher level and how it impact and change a lot of the states down in that, at that level. So talk to me more around What's involved because like I'm like yeah okay that's cool it's it's a framework I, I could start doing it today, but I know it's not that it's more tell us
1: yeah maybe we do it with a concrete example the stuff I focus on mostly or, or where clients ask us mostly about nowadays is actually employee experience so the whole topic mm-hmm. of HR, when you think of the experience your employees go through it starts with like employer branding to get yourself on the radar of a potential future talent that might join you. Yeah. Then you go through the whole process of talent acquisition. Uh, you go through the onboarding experience. You go through your different steps within the career. And many of my clients ended there over like the, the top-level employee journey with the step leaving. And that is often the first thing where I said, "Nah, that's not where it ends. It actually should end with coming back because people leave but they come back after a few years. And, and at least that's what you want. If yeah. someone leaves, then if you leave at a good note, at least, you want yeah. people to come back. So, and, and that's the same with customer experience, by the way. You never enter a high-level map with like leaving and that's it. You want to get your Exit. customers back. Yes. Yeah. So if you think of employee experience... HR often has a huge list of what are the issues we're having now. uh, What what are the pain points our employees have? And you can map them on this high-level map. And that is often the starting point. We start high-level and map what are the big issues. But then you zoom in. Let's say there's a pain point in the whole application process. You zoom into talent acquisition, which might be like the the second big step on your overall journey. And you map out that in more detail. And mapping out means, of course, you need to do research. You need to talk with people who you recently hired. You need to talk with people who you did not hire. To get a full picture, you need to look at uh, what's happening backstage. So who is actually organizing the hiring process? Who's having the interviews? Who's riving the material to get a good 360-degree perspective on this topic? And that is kind of a sub-journey then. So what you do, like a map and geography, you zoom in and take a closer look at that. And yes. then often what happens is that one big problem actually splits up in multiple smaller ones, which are easier to grasp. And that's when it suddenly gets interesting because these are now you're on a level where you can actually work on them, where you can change them. It depends on what you focus on. You might need even further levels down. Yeah. The problem is that if you think who actually impacts, let's say, employee experience, it's all departments in the organization. Any change that accounting does, how do you do your travel expenses, Yeah, the pain point, think about the software you use, think about the impact IT has, think about the impact of legal new regulations, think about any change in standard operating procedures. All Mm. of that actually impacts employee experience. So now you have a department like HR who is suddenly responsible for employee experience. But if you look at that, they can only impact a few things. Most of the stuff that impacts employee experience comes from all over the organization, and that yeah. is the problem we tackle with Journey Map Ops. So,
0: are you seeing a new role evolve within organizations like HR experience? Absolutely. Or is that
1: good... Yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean it's, it. It exists already. There are some organizations who who have their own departments for that, nice. where they where they focus on service innovation just within HR or employee experience and so on. Even we at, at more than Metrics, I mean, we're, we're still a small team. We're not even 30 people, but we have one person dedicated to employee experience. I think it is such a crucial act, uh,
0: aspect. Absolutely. Walk the walk. You know, it's super important. But, you know, I, I know whenever I've mentioned this to a couple of other service designers, they're like, oh man, that's super cool. That's super cool. And I, I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I remember a story in, in a government, I won't name the territory, but I went in and I, the first day I was like, has anyone done any ecosystem work around how everything is working and some sort of visual of how this has all come together? And I remember the guy sitting at his desk and he was like nodding his head. He was like, why would we ever do that? And I was like, <laughs> I was like why wouldn't you ever do that? And he was like, well, if we do that, we would have to maintain it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you would. And he's like, well, fire ahead. And I'm like, Okay, and it was like one of those scenes in a movie where our both our eyes are really wide, and he's like, "You're crazy," and I'm like, "You're a crazier." <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's a similar thing. When I've said it to service designers, you know, about journey map ups, they're like, "Well, God, it'd be so hard to maintain those kind of things." That's the biggest problem. That's the pain point that I'm, I'm hearing. Walk me through what that looks like.
1: I don't see it as a pain point. Neither do I. You, you need the commitment. No, no question about that. It is work. Yeah. And you cannot put it on top of the daily workload of people. They Mm. they need to have time budget to actually do it. So we talk about a role for that, and we call that the journey map coordinator. And the journey map coordinator is responsible for one specific part of the journey. So I talked about the different sub journeys, and it can go all the way down to very specialized teams who work on a specific aspect of it. And they can be in very different departments. These coordinators, they need roughly about three days a month to work on that. That's kind of the workload you need to tie in. And, okay. and an organization, some of our clients have 20, 25 of these coordinators. So, yes, it is work to maintain it. But what happens if you maintain it? It actually builds up an information system that becomes yeah. a dashboard for your organization. That management will laugh at some point because I can look into that and see how are we performing. You can link it to live data. You can link it to both quantitative and qualitative data. And these coordinators become kind of a hub for information. So what happens is these coordinators need to reach out to different parts of the organization to understand what are the projects going on right now that you're planning that might impact my specific aspect of a journey. Because it's, it's so well-defined, what kind of experience we're talking about, it's easy for, for someone to tell you, well, I, I have a project going on that will impact this part. So it's graspable. Yeah. And through that, in the beginning, these coordinators have a lot of work because they need to build connections in different, different parts of the organization, probably parts they never talked about with, with people. Mm. They need help to establish these connections. Yeah. and they need to maintain it. But what you're actually doing by that is you bridge the silos within an organization. Yeah. In the beginning, it's the coordinators reaching out to everyone. And depending how often you do it, once per month, once per quarter. Yeah. You reach out to different teams, say, hey, is anything happening that might impact? Yes. Okay, cool. Can tell me more. No. Okay. Yeah. At some point, it's going to change because people will realize, oh, actually, we have a project in this area Let's see what's going on and maybe we can use some work of other teams yeah. and maybe we can check if another project is happening, which is doing exactly the same stuff. They just call it differently. Absolutely. So these coordinators, the, the role change. In the beginning, they are the ones oh. who are begging for information always. And mm-hmm. then it changes towards becoming information hubs where people reactively reach out to them and say, hey, do you have anything? Because we're starting yeah. something. That's really interesting when this switch happens.
0: Yeah, it's a shift. like It's that whole kind of moving between the design maturity layers and the levels. But one of the big things that um, I see the huge value in this is the having the visualization of the impact of their decisions and their work. And that's been for a very long time invisible within organizations. So organizations are running blind and they're like being focusing at a, a very project level. And they can't, they're can't. they like, well, we're going to achieve this little project and this project will go out into the wild and then we'll have our own little metrics. We don't really care about anyone else. It's a, it's a holistic way of, of bringing these people together to work better and to collaborate better. That's at its core how I see the future of it evolving.
1: Exactly. And it, it gives them a shared perspective, which is either the end user's perspective hmm. or the, the employee perspective.
0: So typically, who is... Who's bringing this into the organization? Who Who are the people that are like walking in, championing it into the organization?
1: I ask you a question. In return. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Where does service design sit within an organization? There everywhere. Yeah. So, okay. E- everywhere and nowhere. It really depends on the organization. But whoever is whoever is leading the service design or whatever label you use yeah. for the work you're doing, these are often the folks who actually bring it in. Yeah
0: yeah that kind of makes sense. There's lots of parts to maintaining this. It's not just service design it's there's research as well. So within journey map ups, when you say that those people become hubs of information, this would usually lead into the whole kind of research repository area of like how you generate and derive insights. Does journey map ops as a thing take that into consideration?
1: It's something you introduce only once you achieved a certain maturity. It's certainly not something that you start with. If you don't do service yeah. design or whatever you call it in your organization, you probably will not introduce journey map Alps as the first thing. Although we tried that and, and it works as well, but it has different challenges. Mm. Typically, you have a team who's doing projects and you already have a few projects or loads of projects done. You might even have loads of journey maps already and you, you actually would like to start connecting them. And that is yeah. the switch from create, like you have a bunch of projects maps, you have way more workshop maps, and now you've got to pick out a few of them and transfer these into management maps. And you only update regularly these management maps.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's not that they would change on a daily basis. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the high level map hardly changes ever because the yeah. big steps Pretty much, are this, these are the big phases. They, they will remain. But the more you go into details, the more changes you will see, obviously. Yeah. So it's a question of how many levels do you want to maintain as well? So if the
0: service designers or the designers or the customer experience, whatever you want to call it, as, you, as we say, they're maintaining it. And it becomes a language for other teams who are contributing to the delivery of this product or service. How are leadership involved and how our leadership actually responding to this?
1: In the beginning, it's often the team who drives it because they, mm-hmm. they see a value in it. And you need to, to be able to show it at least with a few sub journeys how this is going to work because otherwise it will be hard for others to understand what's happening. Yeah. What is nice is that it actually works as a dashboard. Because what you can show on there is you can have, uh, think of a journey map where you have lanes for customer pain points, employee pain points, ongoing projects, uh, KPIs, and you don't have this one KPI like NPS of our organization, but you have it for each journey and for each sub journeys. And within the journey, you can have multiple indicators that you show. So Mm. you can really change between the channels and zoom in. So what it changes is a journey map, if you use it as a management map, becomes a dashboard, but a dashboard in the form of a journey map. And that mm. is really intriguing to management. But I would only show this once you have some data to show. And, and you can connect it with, with your support team and show like what are the, the top pain points right now. If you link the pain points towards a certain step of the journey... You can then show on a weekly, on a monthly, on a daily basis, how many tickets do we have. It also allows you to quantify the pain points, like what are our biggest pain points? Where do we have most tickets? Or which pain points cost us the most money to resolve and so on?
0: Mm. So just going back to that point around maintaining it, there's obviously a big piece around governance. That How is
1: that being managed? Or have you seen it being managed well? Depending on your organization, if you think who is the highest ranking person in your organization who's responsible for employee experience or for customer experience, that is the person who should be in charge of the highest level journey in Journey Map Ops. Because for them, that is the perfect dashboard. That's where all the information comes together yeah. that interests them. And yeah. then it goes all the way throughout the organization to the very specialized teams. The information that you put into your sub-journey is then feed it into the next higher level journey
0: yeah,
1: all the way up to the highest level journey. So you can then actually see a summary on the highest level journey. And if you're interested in the details, you zoom more into a specific journey.
0: Yeah,
1: And that is the whole secret about maintaining it. People are responsible for different parts of the journey. And these are the coordinators. And because it feeds into each other, the information feeds upstream into the highest level map.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I I really love about the whole thing is how it intersects with the employee experience. So it's like coming from a different perspective, the employee experience, if employees are happy or disgruntled or you know being mistreated or underpaid or overworked, it has an impact. You know, and that impact has been usually quite invisible to leadership in some sense. Well, I'm I'm being probably a little bit naive there. But you know, that visual understanding of, you know, when people do that, it has an impact at the end to the customer or the person using the product or service. And that's where it's it's really nice. It's coming from a different perspective as well. Yeah. So, nice. Mark, I know you know you've obviously got a course coming up on Journey Map Ops, and this is doing. Talk to me what that looks like because obviously we're in the middle of this crazy world we've all found ourselves in, it, in the yes. pandemic. And whenever we've worked together face to face, it's great to bring people around you know, a table and explain these things to them. How is this course going to come together and demonstrate that?
1: The course is actually, it's not a course, I would call it. It's more coaching program. Okay. Um, What I typically do is I help organization on their journey of implementing that. It starts with like building their first journeys. And it's not that I do the work. Teams need to do it themselves because it's their journeys, it's their work. And different teams have different starting points. Like you might have loads of journeys or you have, you start on a green field. What I typically do is I coach teams throughout three months or so into creating their first maps or transferring maps into management maps, adding the information that is needed for it, linking them into each other, building this repository of maps, and then starting working on the governance system behind that to actually get it going. And one of the requests I got is this is great for larger organizations because they can just just buy the coaching program. But what about if I'm just interested. I want to start doing this in my organization. So what we've created there, and I thought this is doing us a great opportunity to do that, is a coaching program with only 10 participants, where we actually do this coaching with 10 different participants, and we learn from each other. So that's brand new. That's the first time we're doing that. And Mm -hmm. I'm really curious how it works. Yeah, So
0: it's not, not, not just for organizations, though. It's for practitioners as well. Exactly. So
1: if you are in an organization and you think this is an interesting approach, that is a program that helps you to coach through it weekly, -weekly. bi-weekly. We have a structure now started, but I'm flexible to expand it uh, to whatever comes out because it's the first time we run it. So we learn from it.
0: Yeah. Nice. And just to let you know that you're nearly 50% full for that course. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) which is good. Mark, if anyone wants to ask you questions about this, what's your Twitter handle?
1: It's Mr MRstickdown.
0: And if anyone wants to ask me any questions, they can just email mail at thisisdoing.com and I'm happy to answer any questions about this. It's a really important course. It's, It's taking, what I like about it also is it's pushing the whole kind of traditional framework of map and visualization of experiences and moving it forward, which is great. Mark, thanks for your time good chat
1: thank you uh, for having me once again <laughs> for
0: the fourth <laughs> it time
1: it feels like coming home you know
0: <laughs> well th- well this is the thing about this is doing this is like it's <laughs> everyone's podcast it's not not jerry the host anymore it's it's hopefully mark might interview you know hrake or bass or sarah or lou whoever like you know it'd be really good to see other perspectives and hopefully um, i'm sure that I'm sure the listeners are all probably bobbing their heads and not here's jerry so much <laughs>
1: Well we yeah we, we all do but no, I'm happy'm I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to take Luke over okay, I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, very good. Thanks again. So there you have it. If you like this episode, feel free to visit thisis8cd.com, where you can access our back catalogue of over 100 episodes, with episodes related to service design, product management, design research, and much, much more. If you're interested in design and innovation training, feel free to check out our business, thisisdoing.com, where you can join online classrooms and learn from the world's best design and innovation leaders. Join the This Is 8cd newsletter, where you'll receive updates from the network. And also, if you're interested, apply to join the Slack community and this is HCD.com. Stay safe, and until next time, take care.